Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to another Projects at Work podcast. Today I am joined by Patrice Kolincheko Embry, who is a digital project manager. She's been on um, interviews before. She was one of the people that was part of the gender bias interviews that I did a few months ago. And I'm very psyched she's back. And today we're going to talk about a brand new topic. So Patrice, thanks for coming by. Or Thank you. By. I'm happy to be here. Um, so we're going to talk in a few minutes about Project Empathy. But before we get into that, can you talk a little bit about your background and the work that you do? Sure. Um, I'm a project manager. I've been a project manager for a long time, background in digital. Um, I feel really strongly about how to manage projects and the best ways to do uh, your work um, to get the best results. I have worked for agencies. I've worked for corporations. I've been in a lot of different um industries. So I feel like I have a pretty well-rounded background. Right now, I'm doing some contract work for a fairly large, very large corporation, do some website governance. Uh, so um, that's what I'm doing today. That's where I've been. All right. So we might come back to website governance in a minute, in a couple minutes. But first, let's talk about your article. So a few months ago, a few weeks ago, it seems like forever that we've been trying to connect on this topic. But um July. So that is a few months ago. You posted an article on digital, the digitalprojectmanager.com, um, which I will include a link to, about managing a project with empathy. Um, and the whole idea, I'm going to paraphrase it, but then I'm going to ask you to correct what I'm saying. The whole idea is that you look at the project as if it is something that you have empathy for yes. or with. So can you explain how you got to that idea and what that means to you? Sure. Um, it's an idea that had been kicked around um, a lot uh, when a group of other project managers and I were talking about, you know, where project management is going and the, the best ways to sort of, you know, advance the agenda, uh, be maybe a little bit less robotic about how to manage projects. I think that um, in the past, you know, people have really focused on the mechanics of managing projects and, you know, tools that you use and, you know, the iron triangle and uh, just really, you know, the, the plotting through of managing projects. And people often get really discouraged because very few projects are actually successful. Even if you're a great project manager and you've set everything up, uh, you know, the quote unquote proper way, um, you know, projects are unpredictable and you can't control everything that happens. Even on your team, you can't control your stakeholders. Um, so, you know, you can get really down on a project if it's not going well. And yet what we focus on mostly are the mechanical ways of, of managing projects. So we saw that there was, you know, a little bit of a gap there. And um, if you make the project a little bit more human, um, you act a little bit more human you have these natural emotions when you're managing projects anyway. Um, you know, you're sad, you're happy, you're excited, you're let down. Um, you know, don't fight the, the emotions that you have, you know, Im imbue the project with those emotions too. And, and it's almost as if the project is another person you're working with. So that's sort of how the, the idea came about for the well, article. All right. So I want to dig into that a little bit. So just in, for folks who are listening, if they're not familiar with the statistics about project success, according to the chaos report that's put out every year, um, I think the generally accepted statistic is that only 30% of projects are completed on time on budget and in scope. 
So if you're working in project management in, in any area of it that involves technology, that means you can expect, on, if you're really good, you're going to get be successful 30% of the time. Uh, which if this was pro baseball, that'd be great if that was our batting average, but it's not. And so that means that three out of 10 days that you go to work, you're going to walk home feeling like a failure, um, which is is really tough on the, the psyche of anybody who's in this field until you find a way to recalibrate what your measurements for success are. So the way that you've done it is to start to look at the project as if it is an entity. Yes, correct. Okay. Um, have you reframed your own definitions of success at all, like for yourself, like how you measure yourself as a PM, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, if I were to only use on time, on budget, um, on schedule as my own personal project management uh, measures for success, I, you know, I would be pretty down. Um, so my measurement of success at the end of a project is if we achieve the goal, even if the goal has changed, whatever the goal, the last goal was that we decided that we wanted to hit, did we hit it? So, okay. You know, did, did we do that? Was it close to being on time? Did, did I say, you know, was I successful in saying we're not going to hit our original date, we're going to hit this other date and then hit that date? You know, were the things that I, you know, identified as risks mitigated? And at the end, you know, is it even if things didn't go exactly the way they they planned to is the client happy or are they super upset <laughs> like if they're super upset you know i didn't do a good job um, yeah. but if, if they're happy and if my team is happy if my team says to me you know this was a really rough project and a lot of stuff went wrong but i feel like at the end when we got everything done i was really happy about it and i feel like you know i was happy to be a part of this team even though the project wasn't super successful you know, so if the client's happy, my team is happy. I feel like I've I've done my job. So, are you tracking like happiness metrics or anything like that on the project? Um, sure, you know, you, you, yeah, no, you just uh, you you ask people exactly what their happiness quotient is. No, okay, you, um, I mean, you can't really. It's just a gut feeling. But again, you know, when you're talking about managing with empathy and emotions, um, you can't really, you know. Our, our project manager tendencies are to have concrete things that we can point to, concrete statistics on time, on budget, um, you know, on schedule. And they're, 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 they don't leave a lot of room for wiggle. Um, but when you're talking about the emotional piece of it, yes, it's going to have all kinds. You know, you're going to have a gut feeling. And I, my gut feeling about how my team feels or how my client feels could be completely wrong unless I specifically ask, how are how happy are you about this project launching or how well do you feel about these things but i actually do something like that in my postmortems um so i feel like it's not a complete shot in the dark i am asking some questions that are getting uh getting to that answer yeah. um, so some of it is me extrapolating and some of it is people actually telling me okay so it's it's interesting to me because you have a much more optimistic i think view of this stuff i i have when I kind of reached the point where I was like, this isn't working, I can't judge myself by the project being, you know, successful 30% of the time. Where I ended up was, it's not, a, I, whatever happens with the project, I can't control. My job is to make sure that I deliver the right information to the right people and help them have what what they need to make choices. And if their choices are bad choices and the project burns to the ground, then I'm going to help it burn as efficiently as I possibly can. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that's, that's um, I, I but, believe that as well. 
but but happiness i'm sort of like ah i can't i can't put myself on the hook hook for that uh, maybe the team i think or at least maybe if they're not happy if they feel like it was run as best as it could have been run that's a better way to put you know? it that's a better way to put it and people aren't going to be happy if if their designs were scrapped or if yeah. things looked completely whack on the page you know like i'll get um, your body across the finish line but it might not be full of a beating heart when it gets there <laughs> I'll get it. There. Absolutely. <laughs> but I like the way that you've you've kind of framed it in a more I mean it is a difference. So you you still have the goal of um achieving a goal and and some level of happiness where I think mine is probably a little too pessimistic. Yours is still more in service to the client's needs, which I think is really a positive thing. Um so with the idea of empathy I'm just going to talk about this and tell me if this is sort of where you are with it, that I'm looking at the project as if it is a living entity that has needs and wants and responses and reactions to things. And in the same as I would do for a team member, I'm practicing some level of situational leadership, um, trying to be very aware of what's going on with the different aspects of the project and helping to do whatever I can to kind of guide it in in a direction that seems to be healthy and the right place to go. Yeah, that's a really good way to, to put it. Yep. So how do you do that? Well, uh, first, you know, you really have to, you have to be committed to doing it. Um, you know, you can't kind of half-ass this because if you do, you're just going to, you're going to set yourself up to, uh, feel like even more of a failure at the end if you say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna manage this project with as much empathy as I can," and then abandon that halfway through. You know, it's just gonna be one more thing that didn't go well. Right. Um. So you have to be committed to it. You have to decide. You know, when things get rough, because they're gonna get rough, and when things get rough, I'm not going to turn my back on this project and act like it's a big pain in my ass and I don't care about it and I don't. I don't want to do it and I'm going to bad mouth it. You have to decide at the beginning. I'm I'm not going to do that. It's so tempting. Yeah, it's a big that's a, it doesn't sound like significant, but that's a huge commitment to make to to your team end of the project. Absolutely, because there are going to be things that go wrong and you are going to feel really, you know, kind of shitty about it, but yeah. you just got to you have to say to yourself, you know, I know I said I was going to be positive. I said I was I was going to, you know, see this through to the end and I'm going to. And I've had some really hard conversations with myself, um, berated myself a little bit because I'll slip sometimes and talk about how crazy something is or how much I wish this project would just be over. And then I think to myself that I'm the one responsible for making sure that other people don't feel that way. And I can't do that if I'm saying those things. Well, how do you maintain that balance between, I I agree with what you're saying. I think there's also a certain point at which you maintaining that line may start to make the team feel as if you are either blind or not being honest. And they may need places to vent too. And wouldn't you rather they vent with you than behind your, behind your back? Oh yeah, absolutely. How do you maintain that cultural, um, like a safe place that is not a, negative, destructive place? Well, I mean, what you need to do is let your team know that, you know, you're still open. You're not walking around with a smile plastered to your face. You're not, you know, you can still acknowledge that bad things are happening without giving up this idea of, 
managing with empathy. You can understand that there's a human side to it. You can say like, man, this, this was a real big blow guys. You know, they rejected all of our designs. Now we're behind schedule. You know, this is really rough. I, 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 you know, I'm sure that it's not easy on you, you know, and I might reach out to people individually and say, I really loved your designs. I'm really, I'm really bummed that they didn't, you know, take them. How, how are you feeling? You know, okay. that doesn't mean that I'm, that's not, that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, not managing the project with empathy. Right. I, I'm still, I'm still positive about the project. I'm acknowledging that something has gone wrong. And at the end of that conversation, you know, if I'm talking to the team or talking to someone one-on-one, I'll say, you know, well, look, this happened. We're going to put it behind us. We know what we're going to do moving forward. We're still going to be great. It's going to be a little bit different, but we're still going to be great. You know, it's it's still going to work. You know, we're, we're still going to be able to get this done. And that's where you you come back to, I'm not going to be, you know, completely negative about this project. Yeah. That's where it comes in. That's the hard part. So we, you could listen to people vent all day long and you could vent all day long. It's not going to uh, help It's hard to happen. bring it back. Yeah. Well, and it's hard you, to bring it back. When you say we, is part of that you creating, like, let's say there's adversity in the organization and the organization is doing things that are kind of working against the project's success or ability to be successful. Is the we, you strengthening the idea of a team like an us versus the world kind of thing? Like, this is our baby. We're going to raise it. We're going to take care of it. We're going to get it through the maze. And the maze might suck, but we're never going to talk bad about our kid, even if it only yeah. has one eye and seven arms. <laughs> yes. Um, and it is always a we. I mean, with me, the way I manage just so that I can get people to trust me and believe in what I say and you know, look at me as a project leader and not yeah. just a project manager. I always say we and us when it has to do with good things and positive things and, you know, project as a whole things. And I talk about I oh, wow. when I've done something that has put us in a tough place or I'm planning to do something that's going to change things or I'm going to have a, a difficult, difficult conversation. That's all I and everything else is we. Huh. So that's really a really interesting conscious choice to make, that if it's a negative, you're going to single yourself out or speak for yourself. But if it's a positive, it's shared for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big part of it. It's a big part of doing this, you know, because the we includes the team, um, can include the stakeholder, and includes the project. It includes the project as part of the we. Now, in the blog post, you talk about that when the project starts, you have to decide to be- or you have to believe in it. Um, have you had situations where, like, you talked a few minutes ago about making this conscious choice in the beginning? I'm going to care for this thing. Have you had to make the decision to believe in something that if it was just, you'd be like, no, nah, that's not going to work, but I'm going to make it work and I'm going to believe in it anyway? Has that happened? And oh, yeah. are you able uh, to do it? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy. It's happened um, where I think the project is not a great one, um, where we're either changing something that I think works really well to something that I don't think is working really well, um, or they just decided to go ahead with something that just, I just feel like you could do this so much better. Okay. Um, and the time for 
voicing those things is before the project is really like a, a project. So that's in the planning stages. You know, you say everything that you you feel you need to say. And like you said earlier, you, you know, people have options. Um, and I talk about this, you know, other times, you know, options and consequences. It's not my job to say yes or no. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll give you all the information I have. But if you say, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this is the way we're going to move forward. I am going to say, okay, I'm going to let go of all the things that I thought sh- this should be. I'm going to let go of my misgivings. Um, about just the nature of the project, not necessarily about how we're going to get the project done. That's a lot different. But the project itself, all right, I'm in. See, that, to me, that's a, that's a big step of maturity in, in any project manager. Like, I remember going through that and getting to the point where I was like, yeah, I don't care. Give it to me. I'll do it. Because it's just like the, the thing that becomes where you practice your craft of doing the work of, of, you know, having empathy or raising the project or helping the project become whatever it's going to become, regardless of what it is, where you're able to set that personal attachment aside. I think um, a lot of PMs go through stages where they feel like if this is a bad idea, it's my job to make sure everyone knows it's a bad idea. So we do something else. But I think getting to the point where you can walk in and just play any part, um, that's a, that's a huge I, I don't know. Was that did that seem to you to be like something where you like crossed a boundary when that happened and you're able to do it? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there were times, and I'll look back at some of the things I really dug my heels in on. And sometimes you don't always know, you know, if someone, you know, a stakeholder. If you're working at an agency, let's say, and the stakeholder is the person on the other side, your client, and they're telling you that they feel like this is, you know, what they want to do for their business. They are experts in their business. I might be an expert in what they're trying to do, but if they're saying like, no, I'm telling you, this is how my customers are. Yeah. And I might say like, do you have anything to, you know, do you have something that you're mapping that back to? Is this just a gut feeling? But once I've exhausted all of that, I have to, I have to move forward, move forward. I have to trust that they know what their, their client base is. Cause I have been in the position where I've said like, that is, they may think that's what they want, but that's not what they really want. I have gone through something and realized I completely did the wrong thing. Yeah, Like it was, they were right. They were right. You know, and it's not worth it to stick your neck. You're not, you know, solving their uh, their large over overshadowing business issues. You're managing the project, and I don't mean to minimize any project managers. You know, oh, why not minimize the project? Have at them, but I, but you know, <laughs> like I, you really have to think about the, the fact that you know you're a subject matter expert. But that doesn't mean that you're you're right. And that doesn't mean that even if you're right, that you have to enforce your will. You know, you have to say, like, I've done everything that I can do. I've told you everything that I think you need to know. If you still want to move forward in this way, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. And and you just do that. You're not you're not there, you're not there to, you know, teach them right from wrong. You're right. there to fill their need for a project manager. And I think that's an important conversation to have with them up front. Like, I'll, I'm going to do what I can to help you strengthen your idea. I'll give you all the information, but you're going to be the one making the choices. And my job is to execute or help the team execute on those choices in the best possible manner. So if this is why the happiness thing becomes such a challenge for me, because the project might leave the client really unhappy with the results, but I want them to at least feel like, 
if it's if if they're left with a giant pile of stinking mess, I want them to feel like they that was their choice. <laughs> like they picked that out. Um I don't know. I don't know if that's naive or immature or whatever, but I I, I I want them to feel like it was managed well to whatever end they chose to take it to, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the important thing then at the beginning, especially if it's something that you realize you have to let go of some of the things that you thought and you have to get on board with what's actually happening with reality, um, that's a good time to make sure that your requirements are pretty solid and your business goals are pretty solid and documented so that at the end you can say, this project is a success because we mapped back to these things. Now, the project isn't, you know, were these things the right things? The project is, these are the things we're mapping to. Yeah. Um, so it's important to lay that out ahead of time. Like, okay, so our project is to, you know, launch a manned, uh, you know, excursion to Mars, even though we don't know anything about aerospace uh, or anything about Mars. Just so, you know, your level setting and you're like, look, everyone reading this can tell that this is going to fail, but this is what we decided to do and this is what we're doing. And then I'm going to believe that we can send a rocket ship to Mars. I'm going to believe it because that's what the project is now. There's no getting around it. This is what we're doing. Unless it's something that's really like going to tank. the. It's got to be an egregious, egregious issue. For me to say, like, look, we got to talk about this. If if we vetted everything and this is where they're going, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand in your way. I'm gonna manage your project because that's my job. Yeah. So, or I guess to, just to play the agile side of it, you, it would be you would have some outcome you're looking for, and to continually revisit your progress towards that, and to consciously make adjustments as you go. Um, or, um, you know, if it's the Mars thing from an art of war standpoint, it's basically you burn everything left behind so that you have nowhere else to go but that direction. Um, which yeah, I guess we're I slowly mean, doing that to the earth anyway, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> the, the thing is that, you know, you do, you know, just like you want to give people an out if they need it. I mean, you're, you're moving forward 100%. Um, you know, but I like to try to keep in my back pocket an escape route if needed, if I really feel like they're not doing, you know, what I would do, yeah. um, you know, up until the point where you can't do that anymore. You know, if they, if they realize midstream, like maybe this wasn't the best thing, you know, it'd be, it's great to have sort of this option. Well, well, you know, um, where we can still kind of switch gears and do this, but you need to have that information, Okay. available to you, that's, you know, that's not billable. That's not part of the project. That's not part of your, you got to just, you know, decide that this is what you're going to do because you're a good project manager and you care about your project and you're going to have a plan B, um, you know, so that's something you're going to have to take on, on your own. So what about you? You also talk about um, that when things start to fall off the tracks, that you want to lead with hope. And I'm, and I'm asking you this because I'm asking for advice because this is something that I do struggle with when I'm working on something that I am convinced like this thing, this pig is going down. Like there's nothing that can be done. It's going to tank. And, and I know that. And my job is to manage the death of the thing. Um, it's, it can be really hard to be hopeful. And I couldn't even reframe it for myself and say, look, this is going to go down, but I'm going to do the best I can with what I have and learn something from it. 
but to go before the team or the client and to present a sense of hope for something that I don't have hope in. How do you, or what advice do you have for project managers like me who, who are stumbling with that? Like that's, that's a weakness of mine. Well, I mean, you really need to find the silver lining. Almost everything has a silver lining. I mean, it might be that, you know, hey, this project is not anything like what we thought, but we're learning a lot about Drupal 8, okay. you know, so we can use this somewhere else. Or, you know, um, this isn't anything that we, we thought, but, you know, once we get this in front of the client, we can kind of show them where we should be and then we'll be able to fix it all. Or, you know, maybe we'll be able to take this in a different direction or have a second project where we, you know, sort of, get things back on track or, you know, whatever the case may be, find the silver lining and say like, here, here's your thing that you, you can hang your head. Let's, let's drive to this. And all we need to do is get through these other things. And then we will, you know, be on the other side. And then here's the silver lining of everything that we're doing. Um, You know, that, I don't feel like that is turning your back on the project. Well, um, no, no, but it, it could be at odds. Well, you could be at odds with saying, like, I thought you weren't going to be negative about the project. Um, no, you're you know, finding a positive thing and refocusing the team. Different. But you're, yeah. you're refocusing the team. This is the part where I'm – because that that makes tons of sense to me. And I think it's it's sort of like I, I interviewed somebody last week and we were talking about the fact that he, he thinks you should have fun at work and we and discussing. And it's sort of like, well, if you're not enjoying your work, you're – you should get a different, find something you can enjoy in it or get a different job. And any project, I think, even if it's a total train wreck, there's something you, you and your team can learn from it. But going back to the idea of the project as a living entity that we have empathy for, I, I'm sort of questioning if whether or not there are times when we're basically looking at the project and saying, yeah, you're a red shirt. And we're going on an away mission and you're, you know, and the ensign that gets sacrificed, but we're going to do a great job of trying to take care of you while we sacrifice you. Well, I don't, I, mean, I don't know yeah. if I'm miss saying that or not, but that's sort of where I am in my you head. Know, I mean, taking it to the nth degree that that is true. Um, that is what you're doing. You know, you're responsible for, you know, birthing this project. And after it's born, if the next <laughs> thing you say, need to yeah, do is go out to the forest, kill it, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, then you immediately kill it. But your job is to make sure it's born. It gets to the end, you know, and, and, and you do what you need to do to get that there. Yeah. Um, and I do have like a switch that I sort of flip at the end you know, after I've done the postmortem and everything where I allow myself to hate the project for a little bit because oh, wow. right, I've been about holding that. it back for so long about how much I can't stand this project. Yeah. I won't, I, I try now. I'm not always successful. I have a lot of aspirations. I try not to vent about my project, even to like my husband or my friends, because I know if I start there, it's going to be really hard to be po- po- uh, like positive at work. Um, so, but at the end I'll be like, Oh my God, I just finished this project and I need to tell you how <laughs> shitty it was. I need to tell you how ridiculous and stupid wow. it was, but I need to wait until the whole thing's over because I'm not going to be able to, it's not genuine then I'm not going to, yeah, yeah. I'm faking it. Then I'm faking it. You know, I, I got to really believe it. I don't so this fake is, it. In terms no. of humanizing the project, this is like a whole other level because one of the things that I remember from dating was that if, some, if I knew somebody who was dating someone else, the minute that they started to publicly talk bad about that person, it was over because they just yeah. couldn't stop themselves. So I totally agree with you there. But the other thing I'm thinking is, man, that's a lot to hold in. 
And that's going to cause more stress for you as a PM, who's already like a human shock absorber anyway. I mean, that's, you're swallowing it all. You're keeping it all in there until the end. And then you're like, for whatever time period you let yourself get that out, right? Kind of. I, I haven't, you know, when I'm, I might sound like a complete, like, Pollyanna goody two shoes or whatever. But when I'm, when I decide that I'm believing in it, I'm actually believing in it. So I'm not necessarily holding it in. Okay. Um, at the end, I'm allowing myself to think about all the other things that happened. You know, I, it's not so much a holding in as a, I'm looking back with, you know, less positive eyes at that point. But when I'm in it, I'm, I really do believe in it. Like it's a real, I'm not just, no, I get it. it. <laughs> I'm I, really into it. You know, it's giving me this uh, idea for retrospectives. Like I'm wondering if maybe, you know, because I'm mostly doing agile stuff, if there's a place, if, if it would be a healthy thing at some point during the project to have the like five minutes of hate, like, let's just, <laughs> just, just hate the thing and then go back to liking it again. Like, I wonder if you can cycle it that way. If that, if that can be, um, like a release valve for the team or for the PM or something like that, where you can switch back and forth. But like you're saying, you need to wait till the end. I couldn't do it. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't do it. You know, there's a, there's two types of people who who you know do large scale house cleaning. Let's say. Okay. It's Saturday morning and you got to clean your house. There are the type of people who are going to do the living room and then reward themselves with like a five minute break. And then do like the family room and then reward themselves. I'm with that person. Five break. And then I give up after the third room. I. Because <laughs> I've worked hard and I'm tired. <laughs> and, and there are people like me. I clean everything and then I take a break for the rest of the goddamn day. Okay. Like I will keep going until the whole thing's done. Because if I stop in the middle, I'm not, I'm not going to get started again. I will not be able to get started again. I know me and yeah. that's how I am. Well, and that, that um, shows a lot of self-awareness too. For and, and that goes back to being sort of a more matured, advanced project manager. Somebody who has the, the self, the mindfulness to know these are the things that I need to have in place to be able to do what I do well. Yeah. Like not and now that I'm thinking about it, you know, maybe really the thrust of this is not necessarily managing just the project with empathy but it's being empathetic with yourself and yeah. knowing what it is that you need to, to do. Cause maybe for someone else, you know, waiting until the end to really, you know, allow yourself to feel other emotions, you know, hatred <laughs> toward the project might be really detrimental. That yeah. might not be for everyone, you know, and you may need to adjust to saying like, I am going to allow myself this am- amount of time to be like more real about how yeah. much I don't like this. Stop so that being I can a cheerleader and it. be more, yeah, more. Yeah. See, and I, and I think that's a personality thing too because different people are different ways with this stuff. I, I want to pitch an idea to you and see what you think of it. Um, there was a point in my career when I was trying to come up with talks and things like that. And one of the metaphors that I came up with for or analogy, I can never remember which word I'm supposed to use for a project was that it was like a hurricane. Um in a hurricane, you've got this balance of pressure between the calm center and all the stuff that's going on around it. And it's sucking in everything into it and kind of shooting it out the top. Um, and it wants to maintain itself, but there have to be certain conditions present to maintain its momentum and its strength. 
And mm-hmm. I always felt like a PM's job was to maintain that eye wall in the middle so that you have the pressure, the positive and the negative pressure, the stuff coming in and the stuff going out in balance so that the thing keeps in motion. So to me, part of the empathy would be there's going to be some negative, there's going to be some dissonance, there's going to be some good stuff, there's going to be some bad stuff. And you've got to leverage, find a way to play all those pieces off against one another so that the conflict and the stress is a healthy self-propelling thing. And no, I think that's absolutely true. Um, you know, because I might be really trying to focus on the positive, but there are times when I'm using the negative in order to get the team where they need to be. You know, I may shield the team from some client, you know, um, comments about how something is working, but I may say, you know, that the client is really upset about this one particular thing because I know that one particular thing needs to get done and they need to know that this is a negative thing that's happening and I want them to want to do better. Um, so yes, I mean, yes, you need to, you need to harness the power of the the negative stuff, but you are, you know, I think it's a good metaphor or whatever you want to call it. Do you, when you're, uh, when, you're when you're, yeah, me- metaphorology, when you're, <laughs> when you're um, working on a project and it is something that's not going well, do you have, or do you think it's a sound idea to have people that you could talk to, not to like bitch about it, but to say, here's all the negative things going on. What do I do with these broken pieces? Um, Cause you don't, that's, I'm assuming that's not something you want to kick out in front of the team. Oh, no, never, never. And even if I were like at the end of a project when I'm letting myself be negative about the project, it's not in front of even though the project's over, it's not in front of the team Um, because chances are I'm working on something else with that same team or members of that team. And there's probably something similar happening. And I don't ever want them to think, you know, that I don't believe in it. Um, But uh, but yeah, I mean, if you've got other project managers that don't have anything to do with the project that you're working on. Sure. I mean you know, ask for help. And I still won't be super negative. It'll be more like I've got a troubled son that I love very much, but he's on drugs and I'm not sure what to do. You know, I need some tough love. You know what I mean? Um, I'm still not going to be super negative about it, but you know, yeah, I'm going to ask for some suggestions and some fresh perspective from, from other folks. It's always nice when you do that, when they say like, man, that sounds awful. I don't have to (laughs) like on the Slack channel. Yeah. I, so it's, it's really interesting to me because it's such a, it's a, very different approach than the way that I try to build the rapport. And I think it's because I can't pull it off. Like what you're just describing, I'm bad at that. It just shows in everything that I do. And and I tend to take the, yeah, we got a bunch of broken stuff. We have to make something. This is going to be awful. And and now that I've said that, I'm like done with it. Like I'm just ready to go to work. And, and I assume that anybody that's with me that is also ready to go, they're going to jump in. And the other folks, they're going to wander away. Um but I, t- it's, I think that works against me a lot because it's, I'm so like, yep, it's broke. Because me saying that is how I get rid of it, get rid of that, the stress of it. Whereas I guess for other people, it's calling attention to it is a bad thing. Um, there's, um, there's, it, there, you can't expect a graphic designer or a copywriter or a developer to be the one to, to, be the positive person. You ha- it has to be you. 
you, you well, can't, and I get, but see that I, that's the you thing. You can't put and that on anyone else. No, I mean, I'm not putting it on. I guess where I am with it is, to me, the joy of doing the work, regardless of what we're handed, the pleasure of working together and of doing the work is what I'm excited about. And if I'm given a bad batch of stuff, we're given a bad batch of stuff. Let's just do it anyway. And to me, um, the the joy and the hope comes from seeing what happens when we play together. The part that I'm not so good at is maintaining a positive thrust of energy because that's not something that propels me. I am brought to the game by the opportunity. And if it's if it's raining out, it's raining out. Okay, let's just do it anyway. See what happens. Um, whereas I think there are people that need a little more light or maybe an umbrella if it's raining. Um, and I sure. Just, you know. but, I mean, honestly, I don't think what you're doing is all that negative anyway. I mean, really what you're trying to avoid is saying like, this is going to suck. I can't believe we have to do this. I guess we have to. <laughs> exactly. I guess we have to. That's a lot different than saying like, this is not going to be great, but we're going to let's, let's see what happens. That. I would argue that that's still, you know, on along the lines of of managing a project with empathy. You know, the way I try to try to do it. You know, you don't have to be like, well, you're, yeah, you're sunshine. You're positive you know? and sh- and shedding the negative at the end, and I'm just shedding the negative right at the very beginning, and then just wandering through it. Um, <laughs> well, what I would probably do a little bit differently is I would say like, yes, all these things are not great, but look at all the things that are great, and then. Let's just let's just see what happens. Let's just try to get it done. You know, we, you and I would get to the same place at the end. Yeah, but you know, but you brought people with you. That, this is a flaw on my part. You're bringing people with you, and I'm just like wandering down the hall, waiting to see if anybody <laughs> follows me. Um, <laughs> well, you know, which when they sure. do follow, it's awesome because they're they're in the exact same place I am. But most of the time, it's like <laughs> we've left <laughs> a lot of people in the back. Oh, what the hell just happened? So. I think maybe you probably work with a lot more people who, and again, it it could just be a maturity thing for them as well. You know, there are plenty of people who don't need that kind of like motivation. Yeah. They're going to do the job because they're going to do the job and and they're probably more seasoned as, as uh, everyone likes to say. I always say that the people that said that are seasoned um, makes me sound like I'm going to, you know, fry them up and eat them, uh, but whatever seasoned people, (laughs) um, you know, uh, have seen it all and they don't, they may not need that kind of, you know, propulsion forward, but. Well, I think um, also digital, the- because you come of a digital background, there's lots of times when it's you and the team and you've got this client, as you said, who wants to do something that you're just like, really? You want <laughs> animated email icons on there? Because they don't do that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. That's, it's hard. I think that the troublesome choices are a little more overt sometimes in the digital side. Well, that and the people that you're working with. I mean, I just came off the heels of of working with a, a team where a couple of the people on my team were younger than my oldest son. <laughs> Get so, off my lawn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you want to go out for a drink after work and they You've can't. You've got to buy them the beer. Enough yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, they're going to definitely need someone to guide them along and be the project leader in that emotional empathetic way yeah um you know and and honestly especially in the agency world you're gonna have way more of those people who maybe haven't been on a ton of positive or negative projects just projects in general and you're gonna need to you know pull them along 
Yeah. Um, and maybe if, you know, maybe in the next 10, 15 years, they won't need that type of motivation, but right now they do. So, you know, this might be something that's way more applicable to so, folks who are on the, uh, on the, the beginnings of their I'm going to ask you one more question and it's kind of a side question, but it's just because I finished editing a podcast yesterday with um, some folks talking about millennials versus Gen X. And and the the basic focus was what can the Gen X people do to be more accommodating and less irritating to the millennial crowd? Um, But I, I want to ask you if with what you just said about, you know, the younger folks and stuff like that, do you find that generationally, to make a sweeping, you know, comment about entire generations, that the millennial crowd requires a different type of motivation and support than, say, the Gen X crowd or the crowd that's in between millennials and Gen X? I mean... Keeping them motivated, keeping them feeling positive about the work. Do you do you have to take a different approach with one than the other? Or or maybe there's no, you have no awareness of that at all, which would be a perfectly good answer, too. I mean, I really, for myself, like in my own experience, yeah. no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't always know, you know, and that's the other interesting thing about remote work. I can't walk into a room and immediately ask how assess. old everyone is. Yeah. I can't, I can't assess, you know, I didn't even know some of these people were that young until literally we were talking about like, man, we, maybe we could all meet up at some point and go, you know, have a drink or whatever and found out that way or they were way too um, knowledgeable about the actual Pokemon show um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or whatever the case may be. But like I can't, so I don't really have that, you know, reference point to begin with. Yeah. So I can't, I don't have that bias in my own personal, but if I think okay. about it from like a more, not just Patrice's view, but a, a view in general, I probably, I mean, probably you need to, to do things a little bit differently. But then again, you know, the baby boomers, we already know we have to treat them, you know, differently because of how different things are now. <laughs> Those and people. Then. So what's the difference really, yeah. you know? It's just, it's funny to me because I've been doing these interviews and I'm becoming much more hyper aware of how I am now the old person. <laughs> Doesn't it suck? No, I'm awful. actually okay with it. <laughs> I am for the most part, but there are some times when I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so old. I can't even, why am I here? To teach those kids a thing or two. That's why. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I really appreciate you talking about this stuff. So if people want to check out the article, I'm going to include the link to the the article in the show notes. But if you go to the digitalprojectmanager.com, the article is called how to manage a project with empathy. Um, and any any comments on this I think would be great. To me, it's a really interesting and exciting topic. I'd love to explore it more. So thank you for talking about this. I'm going to include your contact information as well. People can go to your website. Do you want to give that a quick shout out? Sure, sure. Patrice-Embry.com. All right. That's and, where you can find me. And Get all the- my all my deets on okay. there. Do, do, do the kids say deets? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the I don't kids. Think they do. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for like a, yeah, a resume with a business card. Um, <laughs> but you're on the Twitter and, and all that stuff too. So we'll include links to that as well. Um, yep. Cool. All right. Thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. This was great. Yeah, no problem.